it's really good having that introduction music, but I fear that it's going to start to get on some people's nerves at some point. Hello, everybody. Um, welcome back to Live from the Hive, the little St. Ambrose podcast, community podcast where we just try and connect people um, in a world where people are starting to not really connect as much as we kind of want to. And in the spirit of connection, we are going to have a little bit of a phone in with our very own resident Mary Poppins, Verity Hunt Ballard. How are you? Hello, Mr. Lubins. I'm, I'm very well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you coping with life? Look, I, I was thinking this morning, I've, I've just um, I've started a little contract with myself that I'm living in Pottsville, we're new residents to Pottsville, we moved here in January and I've started to get up before everybody else wakes up in the morning and walk down to the beach and I don't think I ever thought in my life that I would ever have the privilege of doing that geographically (laughs) and um, I have to say I've done it for about eight days straight now and even when I haul myself up and I'm really tired, it's making a huge difference to my day and I'm getting to know the locals who go out at that time every morning and give them a good morning because it feels like in Pottsville you're kind of the odd one out if you don't say good morning or hello when you walk past people <laughs> and I, I, there's not a day that goes past that I don't feel grateful even for that kind of connection, especially at the moment when we're not connecting as much as we'd like to or physically being in the same space as everybody mm. um, and that's why we moved to Pottsville because of the amazing reputation of community. We just, um, when people spoke about it, I thought, that couldn't be true. <laughs> this place doesn't really <laughs> operate like that. But six months in, we, um, we very much are experiencing that. And even the, even the lockdown situation, it still feels like people are um, looking out for one another. We, we live around um, quite a few elderly people in our street and, from a distance, it feels nice that people are just checking in and making sure that do you need anything, are you going okay? Um, and there's lots of different opinions about what's going on, but I think I just try to hold tight to love thy neighbour kind of attitude of um, just, you know, right now everything's okay and um, we just got to look after each other in whatever way we can. I've noticed that as well. I have to say, we did the amount of neighbours that are having chats across the fence now, because you know, we're, we're not we're not really sure are we allowed to be in your house or your house. You know, there, there's that there's that grey area. But just to stand yeah. out on the street and have a conversation with somebody, or to stand on the beach and have a conversation with someone, it's fantastic. I, I liked what you said yeah. about um, potty. Definitely is somewhere where you. If you go and buy milk, you be you better be prepared to say hello to about five to seventeen people. I know. <laughs> Scotty, my husband said, "Oh, you know, the the expedition just down to the local shop for the bread. You really need to time out and give yourself a good half an hour, even if it's a five minute walk, because people stop and they genuinely have time for you." And I know it sounds kind of cliche, but having come from living in lots of different capital cities, it does feel like people have more time to genuinely ask how are you and I guess now there's there's a lot more people here at home due to not perhaps being able to go to work and so people are stopping and they do have the time to say how are you and genuinely ask how are you not just as a nicety so it feels look it's hard um you know we have 
like so many people, a big community in Melbourne and a big community in Sydney and um, I'm trying to be disciplined with keeping very informed but not watching the news or being on social media too much because I just it doesn't make it doesn't help, I don't think. But also staying informed and, and being safe and, and connecting with people when I can. Um, and also <laughs> work juggling work and homeschooling, which I have to say, and, and this is certainly not a paid promo, but I have to say <laughs> I've wanted to write to Mr. Labor and the and the staff of the Sandit TV, but I think the seamless transition to online learning at St Ambrose has Scott and I have both said gosh you know we can see the incredible amount of work that has gone into a seamless blended learning um, system we're just yeah we're so thankful to the teachers because everybody's juggling so much and and week two in I feel like the clarity of tasks and and also the compassion to everybody's individual situation and the expectation of going, okay, well, you need to do your best and that's all everybody can do at the moment. Um, you know, hats off to St. Ambrose for that because we're, we're feeling very grateful for, for it. Oh, that's lovely to hear. It certainly has changed the nature of work um, for, for, for us teachers. But I think the nature of work for everybody is starting to shift now. And yeah. I mean, what... You and I had a chat um, a couple of weeks ago um, for for a different purpose, and you were telling me that because you are an actress by by trade, is that that is that the right way that I say that? You yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> an actress by trade. But <laughs> obviously, with since the pandemic, I mean, the arts have taken such a hit. Um, yeah, the idea of auditions for just just auditions must have changed for you. Can you speak to me a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess Scott and I both being actors, we, we made a choice moving to Pottsville that we wouldn't have that. Act. That's why we've lived in the capital city all our adult professional lives because that's where the work is. So we did make a decision to only be taking jobs that um, were of a particular standard or we, we're not treading the boards like we used to in terms of eight shows a week in live theatre and myself predominantly in musicals. So that was our individual situation. But but also we were thinking that we would be much more connected to the Brisbane <laughs> scene and probably the Gold Coast performing arts scene, which, which isn't the case at the moment. So in terms of auditioning, um, everything's gone online. So um, for film and TV, for example, you used to go into a casting uh, place and, and go in and read in front of the camera with a casting director and a reader and audition that way. That's something of the past, really. Now, the expectation is that you have home equipment, you upload everything. Often you'll get a script maybe 10 hours before it needs it's due. So if you're working other jobs as well, then you need to make sure that somebody can read with you. I mean, it helps that Scott and I are both actors, but we'll read opposite, make sure that the kids are quiet, make sure that your lighting's set up. So we have a little setup at home. Um, and then upload it and send it through. Um, and and now, you know, if you get the job, it's like, you know, both of us have experienced situations of getting jobs and then them not happening at the moment because um, the borders have shut or something has happened that, you know, people have had to go into isolation. Or there's there's so much stuff that you might get a job in Adelaide or something and and you can't go now because of the current situation. So. A lot of stuff moved online. Um, the live art industry is really suffering, and 
I don't feel like there's been, I mean, so many industries are suffering, but I'm not sure. Sometimes I think perhaps uh, because people just don't understand sometimes how it operates and how much people really do work gig to gig. So there is absolutely no security for people. So people would, would have their gigs lined up. And these are elite people that have been doing it for 20 years. It's not a hobby for them. It's, it's their job and they're, they're like elite athletes or, um, you know, so that they have gigs lined up and all of that has just been cancelled um, with not really any support. So the industry is, is suffering, but at the same time, I think creatives and artists are incredibly resilient and they're creative. So a lot of people are going, okay, I have this skill set, how can I channel it into something that can be used at the moment? And, and IT and, and um, uh, technology is helping with that. Um, you know, I, just podcasting has become huge, you know, in the last it, it five It really years. has, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's something I, my passion has always been live music theatre, but um, that, that just isn't possible. And, you know, I think people are dying to get back into some sort of live entertainment situation, but we're going to have to be really creative with it. And I think, you know, up in this part of the country, um, we're lucky that the option to have sort of outdoor events is, you know, it's an option. Um, I think people are going to have to get really creative as we move into this next zone of, of living with this or mm. whatever COVID normal is. Um, yeah, but it doesn't come with a lot of adjustment. Uh, um, my creative partner and I, Amelia Christo, a, a couple of years ago just went, well, how can we use our skill set in a time? And, and also as an artist, I guess, like yourself, things change when you have children and the reason that you do things changes um, as a creative. I, I guess mm. I went into studying at drum school and, and working my way up the, the ladder of music theatre because in my 20s there was very much a, a, probably an egotistical part attached. <laughs> I would have been <laughs> That's why, I mo- that's why <laughs> ask any man who's ever picked up a guitar, that it's, there's an egotistical thing. They have this idea that sure. they will be a, that guy at the bonfire who will be able to play the guitar and unfortunately yeah. doesn't always materialise. But well, They want to be the rock star. And, and it's, it's also when you're a storyteller, like it's okay if, if you're extroverted and you enjoy Maybe when you're younger, you don't know that you're actually enjoying the enjoyment of others enjoying your art or your craft. But um, getting older and certainly having children, it's changed a lot for me in terms of um, needing to be acknowledged or needing to be adored. It turned into, oh, this is a gift that I've nurtured and worked very hard on, but I need to share this because it brings people joy. Mm. And I think that's the thing with the art is that um, perhaps some of us don't realise how much the arts are in everyday life. So every program you watch on Netflix, every um, everything, every song you listen to on Spotify, any anything you've ever gone to live theatre wise, you know that's all the arts. And if we don't nurture that, um, it, it it will go. And what's the point if you you know if you can't? I know at the moment I can hear lots of people playing music either live or recorded in their houses. Um, I'm sure Netflix has gone through the roof over the last few years. So 
Yeah, well, it's been interesting talking to colleagues about um, the moving through, like for lots of people in lots of different ways, trying to move through the lack of motivation that comes with fear because it's, it is a fearful time and often you don't feel creative when you're in a lockdown situation or a time of unknown, but trying to also acknowledge that throughout history, in times of war or times of great crisis, a lot of creativity is born and that's what I'm trying to hold as my kind of daily um, affirmation is that perhaps it's my job as well as parenting and, and um, is to keep pumping out creativity because it brings joy and, and my sort of passion now is to do that particularly for kids um, which is why I started developing Story Kids, the podcast with, with Amelia Christo because we wanted to create something Australian that really amplified um, kids' voices all over Australia from lots of different walks of life really yeah and that's a very interesting thing that you that you've created so your partner is amelia christo and you uh if correct me if i'm mistaken but you saw a need for <clears throat> children to have their stories brought to life through w- with professional voice actors and and actresses um and you've you've managed to sort of create a, an online platform which is storykids.com.au or is it just .com? .com.au is our website, yeah, right. and, the, and the podcast is on Spotify, is Apple on, Podcasts. Is on Spotify. Podcast. And, um, yeah. and so this is a place where children can, well, anybody can go and listen to a story in what I, in my, my, the thing that I really like about it is that they're, they have Australian accents. Yeah, and that was really a huge part of it was, was sitting in the schoolyard several years ago um, seeing firsthand that our kids were listening to a lot of American and English um, entertainment generally and certainly in the digital space, lots of, of American accents, which is fine. It's just that that's not, that's, I think, in terms of process and um, uh, comprehension, I think sometimes if you're listening to something that is written or narrated by somebody that is a bit closer to home, there is a sort of relationship with it. Um, but also that the, en- the children's entertainment space is predominantly um, directed by adults. You know, adults come up with children's content, which is fabulous, but also kids have some incredible things to say. And we live in a country that's so diverse and there's, there's so many people culturally from all over the world and, and have so many stories to share um, and how wonderful for kids to hear other kids' stories to promote gratitude and have a, a more worldly um, outlook on life and other people's experiences, sometimes good, sometimes bad. But I think for kids to see that Australia is made up of such an amazing um, collection of people and the, the new generation of people are, you know, they're very exciting little people and they have big voices and sometimes those voices aren't amplified. So we, we Amelia and I really, it was, it was two mums that came from a performing arts background and education background, I guess, but we really sat in the schoolyard going, well, how could we um, utilise 
a lot of friends, I guess, that were famous in the, in the industry. And when we approached people initially, um, everybody just wanted to hop on board because they believed so much in the project um, and and loved doing it. Like the 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 actors and and well, now it's not just actors and actresses. Actually, it's um it's kind of well-known Australian celebrities that have mm. got on board to read these kids' stories because they want to nurture they want to nurture storytelling and. And storytelling is is really the most ancient form of communication, isn't it? It's that we we learn so much through stories and um, process so much through stories and express so much through stories. So, yeah, it, it, it started about three years ago and um, has has been an amazing sort of journey of um, collaboration. And we about halfway through our journey, we met with. Uh, the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, which is an amazing charity that um, works predominantly in the Indigenous and marginalised community space all across Australia. And they just saw the potential for Story Kids, the podcast for kids. So for people that don't know, the, the podcast is about 10 minutes. It's free. It's um, the perfect kind of car ride <laughs> length. <laughs> um, and... Um, it, it, we start, our host is Amelia Christo and she interviews a child each episode about um, storytelling and their process of writing and it's it predominantly pitched at primary school age kids um, and so one child talks about a story that they've written, usually the story is about 500 words and then the second half of the podcast is a well-known Australian celebrity narrating that podcast and then our amazing sound designer Paul Ruck we then send off that recording to our sound designer and he designs an amazing soundscape around it. Um, and then it, the end product is this kind of immersive, amazing audio story that has been written by a child. And one of the most rewarding parts of making Story Kids is seeing the child's reaction or sometimes the whole family's reaction of where that child's story has gone and... Um, where you know where an idea or where focusing on something for a period of time where that can take you when you collaborate with people and kids of you know lots of different backgrounds living regionally living in community living in the inner city um, when they find out who's reading their story it's, it's pretty it's pretty awesome to see um, the kind of I guess domino effect or the the, the long lasting effect that we've had feedback from parents saying, oh, you know, our son is still floating on cloud, cloud nine from having that experience and now suddenly he's interested in writing at school or um, other kids are talking to him about they want to enter now and put their story forward. And so it's, it's been, um, yeah, a really rewarding experience and lots of problem solving, like trying to work out, okay, now we're all in lockdown. How do we access children's stories, how do we access, how do we record? So now we're almost, the whole thing is done remotely, um, which is a bit tricky logistically, but um, we're up for the challenge. And, and yeah, the ALNS, the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, have, have chosen to support this um, because of their kind of aligned passion in 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 what, what, um, what a child feels when their voice or their ideas when they're told you know we want to listen to this and we don't want to just listen to it 
we want to make this into something that everybody can listen to. So when kids kids are interviewed and they say, oh, can we can people listen to this all across Australia? And we say, well, people can listen to this all across the world. And their eyes kind of go, wow, like that's my idea. That's come from inside me. So um, that's a very rewarding part of the project. I think that's fantastic, and particularly the sharing aspect of it. Um, to be able to listen to a story in the car with with our children or uh, them with us, it, 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 it connects so, so well with them. They then see that, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I'm not just being sent to my room to read a book or I'm not just being told to sit down and read. I'm actually going to share a story with my parents. And I think that is the most important thing is that – they, they see that there's value into it, not just as children, but for them to see and, and watch adults enjoying stories. And it doesn't just have to be staring yeah. at the television. The idea of doing it. Yes, and then you're you, so yeah, right. Because then you have a talk about it. It reminds me of um, oh, you would, the Dead Poets Society, that film. I remember um, yeah. trying to think of the quote. I think it's something like, we don't read and write poetry because it's cute. We we read and write poetry because we are members of the human race. That's right. And it says, um, yeah. the human race is filled with passion, medicine, law, business, engineering. Those are all no- very noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life. But poetry and beauty and romance and love, well, that's what we stay alive for. And I really think we need to instill more of that around, particularly in these times, this day and age. We need to get out to outside IGA with some buskers and some storytellers. And I completely agree. I completely agree. <laughs> well, it makes your heart sore, doesn't it? It makes you feel something rather than, okay, well, I've got this, this, and this in place. And that, but but people are um, people are crying out to as you say, connect and to feel and, and also forget. Mm. Like the, the thing about story is any story, whether it's song lyrics or watching a musical or watching a movie or telling a story or listening to someone or making up a story or sharing a story, is that it makes you forget because it forces you to be in the moment. And I think at the moment in particular, people are really needing some escape because the bombardment of, understandably what's going on is is so 24-7 and can feel incredibly overwhelming at times. So to escape into a story is um, it's like fire it's so watching. precious. It's like fire watching. Yes. You, if, when you, when you yes. get into a good story, yeah, or staring yes. at the stars for a while. Hey, um, we should and probably... So and so often stories are told around a fire staring at the sky, aren't they? Like <laughs> that's, that's right. That's the perfect combination. Oh, 100%. I'm a big, big fan of the brazier in the backyard. Roasting marshmallows. That's that. That's my little community. Hey, um, yes. do, do you? I guess do you have any Netflix or you know or book recommendations for everyone? Oh, um, oh, do you know we just start, um, this is for the parents and the, the adults. Uh, we did just start watching uh, the White Lotus, which is really interesting. Um, we, we I mean, everyone's taste is different, but it's a really interesting series. Um. The White Lotus. What's that about? The White The White Lotus. It's um it's set in Hawaii at a at a kind of hotel. I won't tell you anything else. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, all right, done. Um, somebody said the other day a beautiful um doco with uh Aaron Peterson, um, that lovely Australian actor. Uh, uh, I can't remember what it's called. 
Um, no, I'll have to. It'll have to be um, episode two, Mister Levin. I can't remember <laughs> what it's called. But, um, Send us your recommendations. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, but, good stuff. Yeah, but at the same time, like we're trying. I mean, I just feel so lucky that you know, staring at a computer screen, producing a podcast at the moment, I have the ability to step outside and look at the incredible sky in Pottsville and with the home learning, like just getting kids out um, to the beach or to the park or just bike riding. I guess we had, you know, we had three months of home learning last year and it was so different because we did half of it in Melbourne in a city and half of it in Sydney in a city. And so the it was very, very cold in Melbourne and, you know, it, it's just a, it's a different experience this time Um and I feel incredibly grateful for it. And I feel like the the contagious nature of the gratitude in Pottsville, I know we've only lived here for six months, but I just feel like there's this underlying sort of gratitude from everybody to be in this place. And I guess that's um, important to hang on to at the moment. At Absolutely. This, the, at shape, this time. The, the shape of your face is the shape of your day. Yes, <laughs> that's a good one. I haven't heard that. There I'm going to take that with me today. That can be. Uh, it's been like very. It's been fantastic talking to you. We could do this all day, but I don't get people will probably be getting to the end of their car ride. So, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Lots of love out there for everyone. Thank you so much. Take the take care. Bye, everybody. You too. Bye.